Thanks, and welcome to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Linda Smith, the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario. And Ask BBB is a program that gives consumers information from businesses that they can trust. Later in the program, we'll be joined by Ashley Kasselman, Communications Manager at BBB Serving Western Ontario, to talk about reputation management for your business. And here we are in the first days of autumn, a great time for a walk in the forest city or the countryside as the trees begin their display of fall colors. If that walk is now something you can't take for granted, then you'll want to stay tuned. Because our guest this morning is Don MacArthur-Turner, President of Custom Orthotics of London. Welcome to Ask BBB, Don. Thank you, Jim. So let's start with some very basic information. There are a number of different designations when it comes to correcting problems with our gait. Podiatrists and chiropodists, and you are a certified orthotist. Can you outline the differences in the training and focus of each of these designations? That's an excellent question, which I get asked all the time. A chiropodist is someone who assesses, treats, and prevents a dysfunction of the foot. It's offered as a graduate advanced diploma program through the colleges, and they are licensed through the College of Chiropodists of Ontario. Whereas a podiatrist is American-trained, they're foot practitioners, which are also regulated and registered under the Chiropody College. Some podiatrists, however, have done additional surgical residencies and offer minor surgical procedures. I'm a certified orthotist, and I provide biomechanical or orthopedic devices for the entire body, which helps restore the physiological function, decrease pain, and maintain the muscle strength and the range of motion. I evaluate clients, I formulate a treatment plan, and provide follow-up care and continued patient management for their overall welfare. And this often includes the assessment, the design of the devices, which increases mobility, function, and independence. An orthotic device helps any part of the body which is not functioning 100%. For an example, an arch support is a foot orthotic. In order to practice as a certified orthotist in Canada, it requires a Bachelor of Science degree, a postgraduate diploma in prosthetics and orthotics, and a clinical two-year residency program. An an orthotist who uses the designation of a certified orthotist has successfully qualified and passed a three-day examination set out by Orthotics Prosthetics Canada. My training includes an honoured Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology, a Master's of Rehabilitation Science, and a Diploma in Prosthetics and Orthotics. I've been practicing as a certified orthotist since 1986 and specifically at Custom Orthotics of London since 1987. So do we need to be referred by a physician to have access to your services or to the services of a a, a podiatrist or chiropodist? A certified certified orthotist works very closely with other healthcare professionals, which includes the family physician, an orthopedic surgeon, rheumatologist, physiatrist, physiatrist, and physio and occupational therapists. In order to access funding from insurance companies or the assistive devices program, clients must be referred by their specialist or their primary care physician to the clinic. So the only referral is if insurance is involved. Correct. So what are some of the most common foot problems people encounter? There's many common foot problems, and they can include plantar fasciitis, heel spurs, bunions, 
metatarsalgia, Achilles tendonitis, and hammer toes. Don, that's uh, quite a list of of uh, ailments that can affect the feet. But as you've said, there's it's a pretty complex uh, part of our body. Uh, are all of them uh, able to be corrected with appliances, or do some of them require surgical interventions? There's been lots of different types of treatments over the years uh, that people have gone to their physician or their therapist to try to help out with pain. Nobody likes being in pain. So, for instance, with plantar fasciitis, someone has pain on the bottom of their foot, which is plantar. The fascia is inflamed. So in that instance, the client usually has a dropped medial longitudinal arch. And what would happen is they would come in, we would support the arch, give them a layer of cushioning, between the ground and their foot, and this often takes away the inflammation. Uh, Sometimes the client also needs to have physiotherapy at the same time where they're given an exercise program, ultrasound, in conjunction with the arch support. Is that a very common problem, platters? Plantar fasciitis is extremely common. It's an overuse injury. Usually the client has done too much, too soon, or too fast. Uh, It's often seen with runners if they're doing um, an increase in distance or hill climbing. Uh, Somebody that works on a factory floor that's very a hard surface and they haven't got supportive or accommodating footwear. It often happens when somebody has gained or lost weight as well. So what are the long-term consequences of not seeking proper attention to foot problems? Well, if you uh, neglect your body... Uh, It increases the stress and puts additional strain on your feet and other parts of your body. Often these foot problems translate into knee, hip, or low back pain if ignored. So we do um, find a a solution so that it doesn't hurt the rest of us then. Uh, So if things are happening in your feet, it can have a symptom somewhere else in the body and you might not realize that it's because of something that started in your foot. Definitely. You know the old song we learned as children, the foot bone's connected to the knee bone? Well, it makes a lot of sense. You have to have happy feet to have a happy body. Our guest this morning is Don MacArthur-Turner, who is president of Custom Orthotics, and we'll be back with more in just a couple of minutes. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Linda Smith, who is CEO of BBB Western Ontario. Our guest this morning is Don MacArthur-Turner, president of Custom Orthotics. Uh, We talked about, uh, in the first segment, uh, plantar fasciitis being the most common foot problem. What's the second most common? I often see ladies come in suffering from metatarsalgia, which is inflammation of the metatarsal heads or the ball of the foot. This is often caused from improper footwear, shoes that are too narrow, or from wearing heels, so all the pressure is on the ball of the foot. And what is the solution besides just not wearing heels? Uh, well, that that is usually the first thing we try to suggest is wear proper footwear, shoes that are wider, and that will accommodate an arch support. The metatarsal heads also have an arch as well, which is called the metatarsal arch or transverse arch, and uh, we can build support into a foot orthotic for that area specifically. Is there a point where women shouldn't wear high heels? <laughs> what, what, I'm going to have all the ladies against me right now. (laughs) It is often hard um, having a happy medium of what is a good functional shoe and what looks nice. So it's a common conversation we have on a daily basis. 
Well, we talked about the problems and, and you listed some of them um, and there are some solutions. So let's walk through what we can expect if we go to a clinic like yours. Um, what What's the first thing that happens? Okay. When you come into our clinic, we begin with an assessment, which includes a medical history, an understanding of what your goal is. We want to make sure you're happy when you leave our office. We perform a muscle strength and range of motion, motion testing, a gait analysis, which is just a fancy way of watching you walk, and we do a static and dynamic assessment of your alignment and your balance. This helps us determine what areas are at risk, what we need to help, and what mechanics need to be corrected. From this information, we design a treatment plan and the device that is custom-tailored to your goal and your needs. So if the treatment plan includes uh, the preparation of a custom orthotic, how long does that usually take? We make everything on site right in our office on Richmond Street. So we would take a cast or a three-dimensional mold of your foot, and from that impression, we make the foot orthotic directly. Uh, When the client comes in for a fitting, we book them. When when they come in for a casting, we book them for a fitting. And usually that's within 8 to 10 days, depending on the client's schedule. So it's a process of a couple of weeks from that initial visit before you're walking out with uh, orthotics in your shoes then? Usually it's within a couple of weeks. We then schedule a follow-up appointment for 6 to 8 weeks afterwards. It took you a while to get the foot pain, so it doesn't disappear overnight. So we ensure you come back for a follow-up so that we can determine, number one, that your goals were met and that your pain or your function has been decreased and restored. So once we have the orthotics, um, should we wear them constantly? I mean, you talked about different shoes and fashions. Uh, do they fit all the shoes and, and do we have to wear them all the time? What's, what's the regime? Uh, there is a weaning-in period for wearing orthotics. It depends on the diagnosis of the problem we are treating the age of the client, and other factors which affect the treatment. For example, footwear. Uh, Some clients will have a specific type of shoe that they need to wear at work, whether it be a steel-toed, steel shank, uh, or some people have to have a closed shoe for their work. And then when they go outside of work and they're in their recreation, they have another type of footwear that the orthotic fits into. So they are transferable from shoe to shoe, and we have to ensure that the orthotic works in all aspects of your life. So how long should we expect the orthotic to last? How often should we revisit for a checkup uh, on how it is working? In our clinic, we routinely schedule a follow-up appointment yearly. It doesn't mean that you need to replace the orthotic at that time. However, sometimes the orthotic just needs a little bit of adjusting or tweaking. Most clients return uh, every year to two years. And it depends on the client. Someone who's doing heavy labor and is on their feet all day will have a lord will have a shorter lifespan on their orthotic than somebody who sits at a desk and doesn't do as much walking during the day. You talked about um, breaking in the orthotics and getting used to it. Uh, orthotics can be well; they can feel very strange and uncomfortable when you first uh, put them into your shoes. Is there a point when a person should? return for an adjustment uh, uh, rather than just putting them off in the corner. Does that happen, uh, that people just give up on on wearing them? Well, I'm sure it does happen. Uh, During the fitting appointment, we stress to people that it is a change in mechanics and it does take a while to get used to the correction. Uh, 
at the end of the day, the orthotic should never cause pain. So if that is the case, the client should return to their medical practitioner and get the orthotics adjusted accordingly. They are meant to help you. They, they shouldn't cause pain. And uh, how accommodating is fashion to orthotics? Because that's, a, that's something that um, women are very conscious of. Uh, so if, if you wear an orthotic for part of the day, is it okay not to wear it uh, for parts of the day then? Definitely footwear has improved over the last 30 years in terms of cosmesis meeting function. So there are some shoes out there now that are beginning to be a little bit more appealing for females. At the end of the day, people want to enjoy life. You want to be able to experience every activity, you know, of daily living throughout the day. And at the end of the day, you don't want to have to go home and soak your feet. You shouldn't have to do that. So we often give uh, shoe education and suggestions where people might find shoes that uh, they're comfortable with and like the looks of them. Do some people sometimes put off uh, seeking some help uh, with feet because they just think it's a natural thing as you get older to to have sore feet at the end of the day? Definitely. Uh, at the end of the day, I think it's all ingrained into us as we age. You start to get... Um, you know, parts of the body that aren't feeling as comfortable as they did years before. But that's not the case. We can make you comfortable and you can, you know, enjoy your life when your feet aren't hurting. Well, thanks very much for joining us this morning, Don. Uh, you brought us some information and I hope some relief for people out there. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been enjoyable. Our guest has been Don MacArthur-Turner, who is uh, orthotist and president of Custom Orthotics of London. And again, thanks for your time this morning. When we return, we'll be joined by Ashley Castleman, BBB Serving Western Ontario Communications Manager, and we'll be talking about protecting your business reputation. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO and President of BBB Serving Western Ontario. And Ashley Castleman, Communications Manager at BBB Serving Western Ontario, joins us now. Good morning. Good morning, Ashley. Well, you know, from how we communicate with family members to how we interact with the larger world, technology has changed how we communicate and has put the world at our fingertips. You can find almost anything on a topic online. As a business owner establishing an online profile, it helps you reach your customers quickly, but that can also lead to positive and negative feedback. How do you respond to negative reactions and how you do that and make a difference to your company. Ashley, sometimes a company takes to social media to air their displeasure with a company. What's the first thing a business should do? The first thing that a business should already have done before they even get a negative uh, response online is that you should have uh, Google Alerts set up with your business name, your company's owners. Also, make sure all your social media notifications come to one person and make sure they're checking it daily for any negative feedback or just any feedback in general to, that needs to be addressed. If you receive a neg negative comeback on, online uh, or review, uh, take a step back. Really look at what the customer is saying. Don't get defensive. That's the number one mistake that companies make. Uh, sometimes the unhappy customer is right. So if their social media posting, no matter how offensive it could be, identifies an actual pro problem, uh, apologize and address the, the, the issues. So how should you go about doing that apology? 
An apology that isn't sincere is worse than no apology at all. Hmm. Uh, communicate that you value your customer and ask them to contact you privately through a direct message or offline to resolve the matter. So what happens when the customer is wrong? Well, sometimes the customer isn't always right, uh, but you still need to be polite and professional when responding to these reviews. Uh, sometimes the reviews will try your patience. The response uh, will make or break a customer's perception of your business. So again, take a deep breath. Apologize. You can always say something like, we're sorry that you've had a bad experience, but... And then briefly lay out the facts. Politely communicate that, that you delivered as promised. So what's one mistake that businesses make online? Uh, fighting with the customer online. Oh. Don't fight in a public forum. Um, as easy as and simple as that is, but th- businesses do that all the time. There's no winning when you're engaging a public boxing match in front of an on- online o- audience. Your business's name, your reputation is your greatest asset. Without that, your company is not going to go very far. So protecting that asset can be challenging and it's worth your best effort. So does a business just have to worry about their business name online? No, you should also be concerned about the owners and leaders' names of your business. Also, your employees, explain to them what they do online, can reflect poorly on the company. Uh, Especially with smaller businesses, the owner's name is their business. Develop a a separate social media account for yourself that's separate from your business's social media accounts. Don't mix the two. Um, Keep them very separate. You can share on your personal account a few things from your business account, but you always want to keep them separate. Well, business owners are pretty busy people, uh, Ashley. How can they manage their online profiles while they're busy building their business? Well, if you don't have time to manage these things yourself, consider a professional help. There's many companies available that manage your accounts for you at a reasonable cost. Uh, Next week on the show, we'll have somebody from a social media company give you some tips on that. And that's what she does is she manages a company's uh, social media accounts. But uh, keep in mind, when responding to negative encounters online, this will take away from an emotional reaction when you do have either an employee or a professional help helping you with that. Uh, That way they will remain neutral when responding. So what about positive reviews? How can a business generate those? Satisfied customers often need a gentle reminder to post a positive review. Positive reviews are a great way to build your business, especially your online presence. A great way to encourage this is through your sales process. So whether you're a retail store or a service provider, after completing um, the end point of your uh, sales cycle, just send a follow-up email saying, thank you for your um, contract. Here's a link where you can post a review to our Facebook page, to our Google page, uh, to our BBB account. And providing that one little link makes it a lot easier. If you don't get the customer to have to search for that thing, they're more likely to fill it out because it only takes a few seconds to do that. Make it easy. Mm-hmm. So any final tips for our listeners? Yes. Uh, well, first... When you go to write a response to the negative uh, reactions online, always get somebody else to look it over before you hit that submit button, uh, whether it's for grammar or just for uh, to take out that emotion from it so you're not angry when you're responding. And with anything, always listen, learn, and correct your practices. If you're getting a lot of negative comments about your products or services, take this as an opportunity to figure out why you're getting those complaints. 
uh, take corrective a- action to improve it. For instance, if you're getting a lot of uh, negative reviews on one location, look into that location and see what the issue is there. So you want to listen to your customers. Yes. Ashley, thanks very much for uh, these tips this morning. Ashley Castleman is the communications manager at BBB Serving Western Ontario and is the producer of this program, Ask BBB. That's Ask BBB for this time around. Next week on Ask BBB, we'll be joined by Jennifer Gregg of Social Dragon Marketing, and she'll be talking about social media for your business. And we'll also have Jeff Christofferson of SmartWebPro.com with us, and he will talk about how to increase your search engine optimization. Remember, you can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBBWesternONT. And thanks again to our program producer, Ashley Castleman, BBB Western Ontario's communications manager. So until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.